Welcome to the Next Brave Thing podcast. My name is Ella Hooper, and I believe that breakthrough is on the other side of bravery. This podcast features brave stories, emotional health, and creativity to inspire you to take your next brave step. Hi, guys. Today on the episode, I am going to talk you through an exercise that I do in my group coaching program. I also teach on this in my Wholehearted Artist class. And it's an exercise that really helps kind of clear up your thought life and helps you get clear about what are the voices that are holding you back. I think a lot of the time I, um, when I coach people or I am working with getting like problem solving or strategizing um, or helping someone take a brave next step, um, I like to take them through this exercise so they can get clear on what are the voices of scarcity, shame that are keeping you small, keeping you on the sidelines of life. Um, and these kind of this exercise that I'm going to talk you through is really going to help you um, identify like the areas where you can go after kind of renewing your mind or getting a more enlightened perspective. Because I know every time we step into the arena or every time we do something brave, we always have voices warring against us to keep us safe, keep us on the sidelines. Um, And so this exercise that I'm going to take you through is actually um, part of when you sign up for my email list, you actually get the template for it. So you'll get the um, very short workbook uh, with prompts and questions to help you uh, kind of engage with this exercise better. So I encourage you to just go into my show notes and click on the link and sign up for my email list. And then you'll get this free PDF that will take you through the exercise. So it's good to kind of listen to this episode alongside the actual worksheet so you get the most out of it. So when I think of the Brave Space, uh, which is called the Brave Space Exercise, um, this is a concept that's built off the Theodore Roosevelt quote, the man in the arena speech, and Brene Brown's Daring Greatly book. Um, I highly recommend everybody read Brene Brown's Daring Greatly book. Um, It's like being the biggest game changer of my life, that book. Um, So when approaching uh, this exercise, you will see in the in the template or in the PDF um, uh, what a brave space is example would be. So your brave space might be your workplace. It might be you are going to a college or a school, or you might be taking a class. Um, it's anywhere where you have to show up, be seen. There's a sense of uncertainty or risk. Um, a brave space could be you've been asked to present um, at the next board meeting um, or the next conference meeting or you are a teacher and your brave space is your classroom or you are in a relationship so your brave space is having hard conversations in your relationship um, or you're wanting to build friendships so your arena or your brave space is the vulnerability of making friends or it could be dating or it could be your marriage it could be parenthood so there's a long list of like spaces where you get to show up and be brave in Um, it's not just necessarily being a performer and getting on stage although I do this exercise a lot in changing the narrative 
of how you see yourself when you go into these brave spaces. So another brave space is, of course, like an audition or it could be a performance. Um, And it's a way of getting clear about what are the voices kind of going on inside me. So you can start dissecting the chaos so that you can come to a point of clarity and calm and focus. So the talk that Brene Brown gives, um, it's actually on YouTube and it's called Why Your Critics Don't Count. And she talks about um, a lot of us kind of like to shove down and pretend that the critics aren't there. So if your brave space was social media, you could pretend that, oh my gosh, my auntie who I who really doesn't like me is watching my social media and she's judging everything I'm posting. Like you could just pretend that doesn't exist or you could reserve seats, which, which is actually this idea of just acceptance. Like whenever, like being a creative, being an artist, starting a business, putting yourself out there, you're always going to be judged. There's just a reality to it. But what I think that we can hear that and be like, great, what do I do with that information? But this whole goal of the exercise is to get clear about what voices you actually emphasize. And so I'm going to give you like a basic, um, a basic rundown of the exercise. There's actually a lot to the exercise. I actually take it through a 15-week class. So I'm going to condense it into a short kind of podcast. And obviously, I would highly recommend booking in a coaching session with me or even joining my group coaching program to really be able to make this more personalized and get feedback about your brave space. Um, But I'm going to start by going through and really um, talking through the kind of seats that are in your brave seats and yeah, sorry, your brave space. So Brene Brown talks about reserving seats for your critics. So rather than being in denial that they're there, you are just accepting that they're there and you're also choosing courage as your core value. So for me, my anchor and my thing that brings me into alignment, and I encourage you to go listen to the episode on living in alignment, like what brings me into alignment is this idea of what would my highest self do? What would my most authentic self do if she had no fear, if um, if she was coming from an abundant, loved place? What choices would I make in this situation? Um, but for me to kind of like get to that place of making an aligned choice um, and living in alignment means you're factoring in your core values. So one of my main core values in life is courage um, and not settling. So what what you're doing is you're assessing the situation coming into your highest self. Um, but the thing that keeps us in low self-worth or um, in, a, in a small place is the fear of what people think and the criticism. So really by reserving seats, it's a way of reclaiming your power. And like when you are not surprised about like the fact that you probably will be judged, you can actually make a really powerful decision and be like, well, I'm not going to judge myself for doing that. And this, this is why I am choosing what I'm choosing and I'm okay and learning to be okay with being misunderstood in my decision, which is the hardest thing to do. 
and living unoffended is really, really challenging. But the more you do this kind of exercise, like I have learned, the more I take brave steps and live in my values. Um, and over the years, like I used to think that I had clear values, but then I think you have a bit of life on you and you get some counseling, you really start to really work out what's okay and not okay for you. And you get really clear about, yeah, the values that you want driving your life rather than being so reactionary to life or pleasure seeking in life, you are actually going after living a more meaningful, hopeful life. So you'll scroll in your PDF in your handout, you will see um, some voices. So you have the voice of scarcity, the voice of comparison, the voice of shame, you, your self-talk and safe people. And when I do this exercise, I actually have a lot more involved. Um, I have the box seats and I have the cheap seats. Um, so I'm going to, ex- yeah, you would have to kind of like get coaching with me to kind of understand fully because this is just a short giveaway exercise. But I think the big things is really understanding your beginning, middle and after of when you do something brave. So you're pre doing something brave that before you do something brave, um, that is where research shows you're most prone to shame. So if you are a performer, like let's say you're an actor and you're going on stage, that moment before you go on stage, especially if you haven't done it a lot, that's usually when you're rehearsing like your brain will go into this fight, flight, fawn or freeze state and um, your nervous system's very activated and you have a lot of stress cortisol going through your body. And so your brain is wired to keep you safe and uncertainty doesn't feel safe to your brain, even though you're like, it's exciting. It's can be so magical, like acting on a stage, like there's all the fun sides of acting. But then in those moments, and I know for me, having struggled with performance anxiety, I would be rehearsing all of the thoughts around why I'm not enough. Um, And this is the moment like before you go on where you're most prone to shame. So it would be like, you should have learned more lines. You should have practiced more. You're not equipped for this. You don't have what it takes. What if you, and I'm like future tripping and like planning the worst case scenario, um, which is so not helpful. Um, And uh, so I'm practicing breathing in that time now and I'm practicing more um, grounding my nervous system and doing um, what's called like um, self-affirmations of like I'm really proud of you for being brave so I'm not saying Ella you're going to have a perfect performance my thing is like Ella even if you don't have a perfect performance I'm still going to love you so you're not kind of having some fantasy or you're not being delusional about um, about what's going to take place in the brave space. So let's say your brave space is having a confrontation with your boss and you have to have this hard conversation and um, your self-talk could be before you go in, you're really brave for standing up for yourself or you're really brave for valuing yourself and um, – and then like what can happen if you if you're aware that like sh- you're most prone to shame you could be thinking like let's say you're asking for a raise you could be rehearsing like 
um, in your negative state all the reasons why you shouldn't get a raise or all the reasons why you're not good enough and they're going to see and they're you're a fraud. And so it's just being, uh, just starting by being aware that that happens right before you do something brave. And then you can kind of take that thought captive and be like, you know what, I'm not going to make myself shrink or be small because my core value is courage. So I'm going to do it anyway. Um, And then when you're in there, I think beforehand, you want to have established kind of what could come up so that you can be accepting of what's going to be thrown at you. Um, And so like sometimes, you know, when we're in the brave space, so it could be like you're in a class and you're comparing yourself to someone else. So comparison is another thing that shows up. And comparison and scarcity are functions of shame. So basically, I'll go through the voices that or the seats that you might reserve and you might want to write in your exercise what voices show up in your uh, scenario. But the voice of scarcity might be, I don't have enough money for that. Um, I don't have enough hours in the day. I don't have, I'm, I'm not talented enough. And then comparison, which is really you're measuring your enoughness to someone else's enoughness. So your, um, and then in the research, it shows that there's upward comparison and downward comparison. So I know from like taking so many acting classes, it's really easy to go into comparison to make you feel more calm and peaceful when you're sitting there waiting to go up. Um, you downward comparison would look like, oh, at least I'm not as bad as that person or upward comparison is like, oh, wow, I'm not as good as that person. Um, And so it's really important to kind of stay away from that. But if it's one of those things, like we all kind of know that comparison isn't good for us, but we do it anyway because we really don't know how to heal it. Um, But I think that comparison is really based on what your wounding is. So I'll notice like, I'll be around someone and they'll be like comparing themselves to someone else. And I'm like, I've never had that thought to compare, compare myself like that, but it's only because I haven't got a wounding in that place. Um, but I certainly experience comparison and it's really great information for me because I like to kind of go back to where I first experienced comparison that looks like how it's manifesting now in my adult life. And that usually gives me really good information around healing that, that old narrative that is kind of in my subconscious. Um, so comparison um, is super important. And then just accepting you are where you're at. <laughs> so I've talked about scarcity, talked about comparison. So shame is um, I am not enough or... Um, It might be imposter syndrome. Um, I work with, I'm a coach and I work with um, doctors and that's like a huge area, like the medical field, like of imposter syndrome because, um, you know, people's lives are lost. So it's very high stakes. It's like, oh, what if people find out I don't have enough information and a life is lost? So that's incredibly high stakes. Um, So shame is like, really more of a feeling that is really disembodied. So you almost feel like, I know I experienced the shame feeling like 
when I experience like rejection, it's like this out of body experience and you're kind of like not so far from yourself. And, um, shame also is some people would call it your shadow self. So it's whenever like we've not really dealt with fully taking ownership of something that's happened to us. And what it does is like, it's almost like the only way to cope is to go into our shadow, which is in our subconscious. And shame says, I am something bad, whereas guilt says I did something bad. And I'm a really strong believer in like not shaming people. Um, I know there's this expression on like, uh, shame on you for doing that or whatever. And, um, to me, shame is like the thing that actually makes you sabotage and makes you worse. Um, yeah, so the shame is a whole topic. I could definitely go into and have podcasts on that as well. Um, so then you have your self-talk and you have your safe people. So sometimes like when uh, people talk to me about like the critics that they have in their life, they're like, yeah, I don't really care about comparison, don't really care about um, scarcity, but I really am at war with my ideal self. Like I have to be perfect and bulletproof and I know who I should be. And I've got this bulletproof version of myself, this perfect version of myself that I'm competing with. And so comparison might show up for you like that, but your self-talk could be giving you like, you're such an idiot. You look so stupid when you did that, or you handled that terribly. Um, And really we want to start to cultivate a practice of self-celebration and self-kindness. And I know for me, like my approach to doing something brave, because it's so out of control, like we can't control other people's opinions of us. We can't control the outcome. Um, So my main thing is being a soft place for myself to land. So if I do something stupid, I'm not going to actually berate myself. I'm actually going to be my biggest cheerleader of you probably look like an idiot, Ella, but at least you're, at least you're brave. Like at least you're living in your values. Um, so I have a different measurement for what success looks like. I think I live so at the mercy of the world system of success. And so for me, I've taken back the power and started to redefine what success looks like for me. And I think this is super important and kind of a journey to go on is how to cultivate safe people in your life. Um, I think that the first question really we need to ask is, are you a safe person? Like, do you gossip? Do you criticize? Do you make fun of people when they try something and they kind of look like an idiot about it? Um, that is, is going to be your first place to start in learning to attract safe people. Um, but also, yeah, like safe people are your people that have a lot of empathy and who aren't necessarily pushovers, but they're on your team in your corner. And if you have one person in your life like this, you're a very rich person. So you're, you, you know, you might have, um, you know, Brene Brown talks about having a post-it note that has seven people in her life that whose opinions really matter. Um, and so you are looking at this. So you might be in a family where 
everybody is super critical and judgmental and you're learning to live outside of that value system. So your family might not be your safe people, which is really sad, but it's actually important that you start to cultivate and find people in your life who are going to cheer you on even when you do fail. So they'll kind of be like, yep, that sucked. We're not going to be in denial or pretend about it, but you're amazing because you showed up. Um, I think that's important that your friends are going to be honest, but also they're going to be on your team and they're not going to be controlling or project their fear and their triggers on you because I think that is what makes people unsafe a lot of the time is projection. So that is the Brave Space exercise. Um, And well, in the Brave Space exercise, so the final C in the exercise that you'll get in your, once you sign up for my emails, is a U spot. And the U seat is you actually want to reserve seats for yourself. I think a lot of the time we're so preoccupied with what other people think. We don't actually have thoughts about it or we don't even validate our own experience. So in the U spot, it could be like you're going to an acting class for the your five-year-old self that always wanted to be an actor or your five-year-old self that wanted to be a dancer. Um, you are making those choices, especially if you are like, let's say you're a woman in the workplace and you've always felt like you didn't have a voice um, around a lot of masculinity, which is a real thing. And I've struggled with that myself. Um, So when you think about like, if you're you're running a a meeting and you're, you're running that, you're reserving a seat for the you who never got to have a voice and you're being brave as your truest authentic self to go forward, step into the arena and give it, have a voice. And so it's important to reserve seats for the different parts of yourself, you, your, your value system, um, and bring love and care and um, healing to that part of yourself. So that's super important. And in the, in the prompts, um, in the PDF, I have some questions that can help kind of unlock more of that kind of abstract, what does it mean to be you? Um, what does it mean to reserve a seat for you? So go check out my latest giveaway. Um, I would love to hear your feedback and feel free to reach out with any questions with the exercise. Um, but I hope this exercise is helpful for you as you start to live a brave, wholehearted, big life and reach for your dreams, the things that make you come alive. Thanks for listening today. Please download, share with your friends and write a review. If you would like to book in a life coaching session with me, go to my website at www.ella-hooper.com or follow me on Instagram at Next Brave Thing Podcast.